Hello, welcome to the Crypto with Cash podcast, episode 18, I think. <laughs> Should have checked that before we started. Uh, my name is Duncan Morland. I'm your host today. And I am in, where did you reckon I am in Cash? What does this look like? I said somewhere in Tottenham. In Tottenham, Luxor, yeah. Haringey. Yeah, I'm not in my lounge in Devon. I'm in Tottenham on a roof somewhere. It's sunny. And I'm joined by Kashaya Bassi. Our resident crypto expert, Cash, where are you? You look like you're in a... I look like I'm in an office somewhere. (laughs) Really nice. (laughs) Nicer than where I am, really. Um, It's nice and bright outside, but where I am, it's dark right now. So Yeah, dark like the crypto markets currently. Um, Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. A smooth transition into some of our topics today. So, first of all, how how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. I just came came back from the gym, so feeling pumped, feeling ready. Yeah. How about ready. yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I've just got back from climbing, actually. So I, it's is it indoors some... or is it is it like a an outdoor? It's like an indoor uh, center, and there's you just climb up the walls and fall off, and then the uh, the ropes catch you basically. But yeah, it's awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah, I was scared of heights before I started doing it, and now I'm. Still scared of heights, but I fall off walls. So <laughs> it's slowly it's, a, it's progress. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on today's agenda, we're going to talk about uh, Terra Luna, the collapse of Terra Luna, which involves the collapse of the Terra stablecoin, um, the collapse of the Luna cryptocurrency, and we can talk about what's happened there and the impact on the wider crypto markets. Um, I'm going to talk about the the wider crypto markets, like they've been in quite a negative trend, uh, along with the S and P 500 and the stock market. Yeah. And then we had a question from Graham in the crypto with cash community, and he wanted to know what's uh, some the best ways or some good ways to cash out of the crypto space. So when you're taking profits, what are the best ways to uh, to sell your crypto and then move it back into pounds or dollars, whatever your mm-hmm. whatever your currency you're using or euros, I guess. So, what should we start with, Cash? We start with Terra Luna. Uh, yeah, let's go for it. Do you want to give everyone a kind of summary of what happens? I've got some tabs loaded up, so I can I can uh, yeah. So essentially, Terra, and stuff. Yeah, so uh, Terra Luna. So the project's called Terra. The uh, ticker is called Luna. Uh, essentially it's a layer one blockchain which allows people to build projects on top of uh, the platform similar to ethereum similar to solana Um, we also created this uh, stable coin called ust which quickly became one of the fastest growing stable coins on the market i think it reached 17 billion 18 billion dollars in market cap um, at one point um, essentially, what happened? It was pe- it's it's an algorithmic uh, algorithmic uh, stablecoin. So essentially, there's code that maintains the peg to one dollar. So one USD would be technically worth one dollar. Um, but what happened is that a lot of people started cashing out of their holdings, which kind of caused the price to depeg, and that put pressure on Terra Luna. And it kind of started this sort of vicious cycle of both of the projects pulling each other down, um, which ultimately led to hyperinflation for Terra Luna, 
which basically took the price down Ooh. from, I think it was $120 at the peak. Um, yeah, $120 at the peak, all the way down to less than a penny, like much, much smaller than a penny, which yeah. means that a lot of people lost a lot of money, unfortunately. Uh, with the UST, what a lot of people were doing was um, there was this platform called Anchor. It was offering around 19% interest uh, on your on your UST holding. So many people... Had I mean, it, it, st it still is if you want to invest in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was offering, you know, 18%, 19% um, interest on your UST holdings. And a lot of people were putting their money there to earn interest on it, essentially, because they believed in the project. They believed that UST would hold its peg. But unfortunately, mm. since that's happened, I think UST has fallen down to nine cents, which means yeah. a lot of people have lost 90, maybe 95 percent of their of their investment. Yeah. So, I, I... Now, so it's down 30 percent on the day. Um, a similar thing happened to Luna. So it dropped from $120. It dropped 90 percent to around $10. It dropped another 90 percent to around $1. It dropped another 90 mm. percent to 10 cents. It dropped another... 90% again to one cent and it kept falling. Um, and I think at one point, as you can see there, it says minus 100%, which very rarely happens. Um, I think this is one of the only times in crypto where a coin has literally gone to zero. Um, yeah. Because even, even when, uh, for example, I think it was 2018 where a Ponzi scheme called BitConnect, when that crashed, it went down 99%. There was still some coins trading for a certain value, but this um, dropped so much it went down nine, like 100% essentially. Yeah, um, and there's been there has been people comparing this to BitConnect from what I've seen, but I'd say it's it's a bit different to that. I mean, I yeah. I, I wrote about this and I actually did some uh, wrote a guide to invest in Anchor, um, and I had a bit of money in it and. I, I thought it was relatively safe, I guess, like a lot of people. That's the um, thing. So that's exactly why this sort of project caught a lot of people out. So it was a top 10 project. I think at one point it was top five. It was backed by some big brains uh, in crypto. Um, you know, even this Anchor Protocol, it was backed by billionaires. You know, Zusu was backing it. Um, I think this uh, Korean hmm. VC firm called Hashed. They lost 3.5 billion in their investment on Luna, um, which is around 90%, I think, of their portfolio. Yeah, I mean, I, so it, a lot of a lot of uh, you know firms and big traders, big institutional players, got caught out by this project. I think it essentially wiped off 40 to 50 billion dollars of 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 you know market cap from from the markets. Yeah, I think so. One of the things I th thought in, re in retrospect, obviously, is like they had to do a few things like they had to top up the reserves manually almost. So it was supposed to develop into a, a self-sustaining kind of savings account, the anchor part of the yeah. you know the Terra Luna ecosystem, I guess, where people would deposit uh, their crypto to borrow and then other people on the other side would sort of... Um, could put in their savings which would get lent and then you would get the the percentage yield return yeah. so essentially like getting rid of the middleman you know the kind of uh crypto ideal i guess yeah but that wasn't there wasn't a balance between borrowers and savers so the yield reserve was there to sort of keep the yield up the the savings yeah. account kind of interest 
but it was rapidly going down and then they put in more money to the yield reserves um a lot of money into it i don't know if that had they, had, they actually had to they bought 3.5 billion dollars in the run-up you know hoping to um start a sort of reserve as you were saying yeah and they were hoping to build that out to 10 billion dollars but as soon as it started de-pegging they started dumping their reserves to try and bring mm. the peg back but essentially what happened was the market was moving so fast against them even after they dumped 3.5 billion dollars worth of bitcoin the market luckily managed to absorb a lot of it uh but that meant that usd was just unable to keep its uh peg and it just kept spiraling i i read i don't know how uh, maybe you tell me if it's accurate i, I read that there there was some sort of rumors about it being a concentrated attack by i don't know whether it was exchanges or something that people had you know they were aware that terra luna had been buying huge amounts of bitcoin as a reserve i guess and i think we talked about that in past podcasts and then the they were trying to force them to sell it at the new lower price of Bitcoin. But I yeah. don't know how much credibility there is around that. Whenever something like this happens, whenever there's like a big event, there's always speculation of who's being yeah. targeted and what actually happened. Maybe it's a massive conspiracy theory. Um, it's very difficult to say, but, you know, a lot of these VC firms have come out and, you know, put their hands up and said, we've lost a lot of money. A lot of them actually have come out and said, we weren't involved. Mm. Uh, so people were definitely um, affected um, which is the unfortunate thing because you know when you're investing in a stable coin it's meant to be stable you're under the belief that it's going to hold its peg but unfortunately that wasn't the case uh, this time around and a lot of people have lost out on a lot yeah of and i guess like it, it even though it was an algorithmic stable coin so with with say usdc or tether they have a a bunch of reserves so the idea is you can exchange one of their stablecoin dollars for a real dollar and they have that yeah. in reserve to guarantee that with this it was a bit different because it was sort of backed by luna i think like so yeah. luna would be burnt to mint so luna is the um, terra ecosystems crypto and luna would be burnt to make more ust i think yeah. that's how it works and so uh, the interesting time. thing is once once ust actually collapsed a lot of people started cashing out of their usdt mm. sort of holdings as well in case worried uh, yeah yeah because they were worried the same thing might happen and i think in the past seven or eight days 7.5 billion dollars worth of tether has been cashed out mm. and you know tether's been able to honor each and every sort of uh, request and you know it's still holding its peg which is which is the difference between a collateralized and uncollateralized uh, stablecoin yeah and i think i guess to, just want to make two points about this i guess one is the amount of stories i've read of people who lost everything pretty much or lost huge amounts of money and relative to the amount of money they had you know this life savings and all these kind of things because because of the perception of anchor being very safe and the terror ecosystem being very safe yeah and yeah like when I, I like i said when i wrote a guide for it and researched it um and i put some money into it like my analysis well yeah i to me when i went through looking at the team looking at the various sort of like um you know the, is it audited like how does it work you know all these things lined up and my analysis was that it, it was relatively safe for crypto obviously yeah <laughs> you know there's always that caveat of crypto is 
even income stuff in crypto is more risky than than you know stocks and that kind of thing yeah um, exactly. but the absolute risk here i guess is and i guess with all crypto projects is is zero you know because there is no it's not like your savings account where the government will step in or anything like that like the absolute okay. risk is zero but yeah like um i guess for me one of the questions is like going forward how do you it's definitely going to make my assessments of what's safe and what's not in the crypto space different you know um and maybe make me take higher risks on the income side do you know what i mean like because you can get higher interest rate yields like That's in the thing. so it was paying out the you know super high interest uh, mm. for months it's been going on i think for seven eight months now at least and i was paying it it's just the fact that you know when it lost its peg that's what caused everything to spiral and mm. it's essentially become worthless now which is unfortunate i think a lot of people are very skeptical about algorithmic stable coins mm. and this would potentially be the nail, nail on the coffin of you know st uh, algorithmic stable coins and i think more people are going to be trans you know going towards uh, um, you know stable coins which are actually backed by reserves real reserves in a bank which tether claims to be and seems to be holding holding that very well usdc as well um, and busd which is binance to stable coin hmm. yeah i guess um i was thinking a lot of those are like centralized essentially you're trusting that tether has this stuff I mean, and and usdc even though they're very transparent you know those those reserves are held by a, a company or whatever which uh kind of goes against some of the ethos of the of the cryptocurrency of crypto, yeah yeah um i don't know how to pronounce it but dai the sort of ethereum die yeah okay <laughs> the, the ethereum native uh stable coin from what i can gather is is backed by ethereum reserves um and and is decentralized essentially is that right mm -hmm. yep so maybe that's an alternative for I don't know, geeks like me. <laughs> you know, a lot of people use DAI because they feel like it's decentralized, but uh, like for example, for, for perhaps, you know, bad actors would use it to launder their money because it's de decentralized, mm. whereas they say Tether is centralized by a company. Um, but I, th I feel like when, when there are hackers and when uh, a protocol does get hacked and money starts being laundered through all these different uh, protocols, such as DAI, uh, then what exchanges can do is just block any any of those assets being deposited into their exchanges mm. and any associated wallets from being able to access the services offered by the platforms. So, you know, that people say it's decentralized, but ultimately when it comes to actually cashing out, um, then centralized parties are involved on that end. And it's different. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's a good segue into Graham's question from... Uh... So Graham's a long-standing member of the crypto cash community, and he was asking the other day about you know like when he's taking profits, and he he trades quite regularly. Like so, he's been he's been buying some of some some of the market dips and stuff recently. I think, and I think he got in on tr um, trading Terra Luna a bit as well as so it was bouncing up and down. Yeah. Um, so he he asked how you know what's the best kind of ways, and I guess best would mean like easiest cheapest you know most efficient ways to get money out of back out of the cryptos ecosystem yeah. and into pound coins that you can actually spend 
I mean, I would say the best one of the best ways to do that is to actually cash out through Coinbase. So you can either send your assets directly to Coinbase or transfer it into USDT and deposit that into Coinbase. Or if you don't want to pay the uh, transaction fees, transfer it into Solana and send that over. So the tra gas fees are less than a penny. And then you can sell on the exchange and cash out. Uh, the way to, to cash out is by just connecting your uh, payment method to the platform, same as same way you would do that with any other platform. You just follow the on-screen um, instructions, select your payment method type, and um, click withdraw, and should be there within a matter of hours. Yeah, I think that that it seems like that's pretty much the only way. There is when we're chatting in the group chat, you know, I mentioned that there is there are decentralized exchanges. There's one called BISC, B I S Q, but it's just very like uh, unintuitive to set up and fiddly, and it's yeah. like the kind of thing where you know you you have to be a bit tech savvy to do it, you know, and and it's anonymous. That's the benefit, I think. You know, like you yeah. can move. You're selling and to another person. When it comes to, and one thing I'd recommend when it comes to Coinbase is, uh, so Coinbase you can log in uh, to Coinbase Pro and the normal Coinbase. If you the the normal Coinbase is a lot more user intuitive, I would say. It's it's it's, it's got simple buy and sell buttons. There's only two buttons. Yeah. But if you sell on there, there's high fees that you'd have to pay. You're you know essentially paying for the convenience. Um, but you can use your login to um, sign into Coinbase Pro. Uh, there you can market sell and the fees will be much much lower so um, if you're you are familiar with the different platforms i would definitely recommend using coinbase pro to cash out yeah maybe in the one thing i thought was maybe in the future because <clears throat> we've talked about before like on ramps which are kind of uh you can send money straight from your bank account to a to a said DeFi wallet you know straight into yeah. the crypto ecosystem and kind of skip uh, the central ex centralized exchanges that I, as far as I know, an off ramp equivalent doesn't yet exist, but maybe in the future yeah. it will, where you can just like send crypto from your decentralized crypto wallet straight back into your bank account in this sort of smooth transaction. But yeah, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people say we are still early. You know, the infrastructure is getting there, but it's not there yet. And maybe mm. in, a, in the next few years then cashing out from a decentralized exchange would be just as easy as it is currently with centralized exchanges yeah and maybe and also like like i know that i've got um like the crypto wallet i use has loads of functionality built into the wallet itself you know you can invest in index funds within the wallet and all this other stuff and yeah. i imagine that they'll increasingly make the process of getting money in and out of the space almost i think we talked about it before like where you don't even really you're not having, you're not even aware. Well, you're obviously, I'm aware of investing in crypto, but it's so seamless. It's just moves, like yeah. any other website. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, shall we have a look at what's been going on in the markets recently? Shall yep. I, if I share my screen, then we can have a have a general look at Coin Gecko, which is. Just tell me if yep, you can so see. Do you I see can, that? Yeah. Bitcoin's okay. back above 30,000. It's been trading um, around 29, 30 for the last few days. It's finding support at the 30,000 level, which is the uh, level we actually pointed out in our previous um, update. Uh, 30,000 was actually the support level that held 
during the May crash last year. Mm. So they had three touches uh, and it bounced off every time. Back in, um, it was June. So at first it was in May, June, and then July it bounced off and it went on to hit new highs. Uh, yeah. So we're currently at those levels uh, again. Um, a lot of people believe that we may be headed lower. I wouldn't be surprised if we do because, you know, the market, the global markets are down. You know, we, we have inflation mm -hmm. in 40 year highs in the UK, uh, multi-decade highs in, in the US. We have interest rate hikes um, happening on almost every month now. Yeah. And they may continue to do so for the next couple of months. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do head lower, of course, for us, because we are focused on long term, that's not really a cause of uh, concern. We're actually going to be buying down um, all the way down and laddering on, in our buy orders to average down on our you know, current positions. Yeah. And I think just, just to illustrate kind of what you're talking about, like you, you can still see the charts at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you hit max, obviously like, you know, the Bitcoin max chart is insane, but that's kind of the point is that over the long term it's had you know, many this peaks upwards trajectory yeah and the same with the s p 500 so the this the us stock market it's lost you know essentially all of its gains since last year but if you go on to the five years you know it's it's higher than it was in 2019 and 2018 drastically exactly and you go on max again you know you have this long-term trajectory of upwards which is, you know, growth and wealth. And so what's it's interesting is when the, when the markets are going up, you always tell yourself, oh, I wish I bought more. When it was down, oh, I wish I could go back and buy more. And yeah. then when the dip comes, you're saying to yourself, oh, maybe I should wait. Maybe it's going lower. Um, but that's why, you know, it's, it's just part of human psychology. And that's why we try to combat that by laddering in our wilders as, as opposed to going all in yeah um, these are just one of the ways that we try to overcome these sort of hurdles yeah i mean it is you know when when markets inevitably do go back up in the future you know and everybody's talking about it again and stuff that's when people will be investing because they're worried about missing out you know not now when yeah. the sentiment is very negative and if you believe that it's going to go back up in the future essentially things are on discount at the moment you know if you still believe in the fundamental analysis that you know you, yeah. you've done in your write-ups and stuff um, and actually we're I, not obviously we're not the only ones who think that and decide that like for example uh jack dorsey the ceo of twitter um someone asking why he never talks about the price of bitcoin because he's always talking about bitcoin and how it's potentially mm -hmm. the future of finance and all the poss different possibilities you know um and he said it's because you know he's not really worried about the price because he simply knows it's going to be high in the future uh, mm. And that's essentially what we think as well. You know, of course, short term price fluctuations can be worrying, but long term, uh, you know, the trajectory, as you said, is upwards. Yeah. And I think one way, one way I personally look at investing and stuff, and I know a lot of people on different investing communities, especially long term ones like Boggleheads, which invest broadly in the like, you know, stock market, they almost, you know, it's a part of, an investment they will invest every month ongoing you know whether it's as um you know small amount it's relative to everyone isn't it so like but they will put aside a bit of money to invest every month and it's kind of a 
outgoing that that they do consistently like if you were saving you know you put whatever amount in your bank every month to month to save essentially yeah. treating the markets as a higher risk but you know a different way to to grow money like you would with a savings account and hopefully beat inflation over the long time I, mean, I think that's a huge thing as well like just sort of maintaining the value of money with that with, with so much inflation you know like yeah making money is definitely good <laughs> but keeping its value yeah, as because well if is... you leave it in the bank then you lose nine percent of it you know yeah which is why the the 20 percent yield on terra you know anchor terra luna is so appealing exactly because uh, yeah. it was it was above inflation but it wasn't sustainable um for people that are look maybe we can do a podcast on this maybe the next podcast or something but off the top of your head do you have any sort of crypto income projects that you sort of rate highly that you 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 feel like ones you're maybe personally interested in or ones that have been around for a long time well there are you know binance earn um at the moment is still offering uh, interest rates on stable coins and also crypto so if you are holding crypto currencies which you foresee yourself holding uh, for the long term then you could stake it on there or just lock it in and earn interest on it they're also mm. offering yields on stable coins so busd i think still a couple percentage points which is better than nothing you know if you are planning to hold for the long term then why not just lock in it lock it in there and earn interest on it um the other ones uh, there are obviously other platforms out there but there's always risks involved with that and of course with finance it's the same but with other platforms there's protocol risks and smart contract risks whereas with finance mm. since it is centralized um, they also have a massive you know insurance fund so if something does go wrong uh, they'll be able to cover you whereas with these decentralized platforms there's no guarantee that anyone uh, will come and rescue you should something go wrong yeah maybe sort of short term maybe yeah like maybe maybe we, you can chase those short-term high yields get in and out <laughs> you know yeah. a couple of months a couple of months earning a hundred odd percent yields chasing the yield farming stuff but i mean talking about yield farming is definitely a, a whole episode i think <laughs> but yeah. maybe we can do that if there's some interest in the community yeah um okay was there anything else you wanted to talk about or say at the end of this uh cast um no i think we covered everything um yeah, the market's uh, Bitcoin's back above 30, which is always good to see. Hopefully it holds. Mm. If not, if it goes lower, then we'll be waiting to, to buy some more. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for your time this evening, Cash. And thank you for everybody who's listening. Um, if if you if there's anything you want us to, if you've made it to the end of this podcast <laughs> um, and there's anything you'd like to, us to talk about in the future, then just like drop us a comment in, on YouTube or send us... Um, an email our contact details will be in and around the podcast somewhere um if you want more of this then we appreciate if you subscribe and like us i think it's still like me you uh the bet chat team and maybe my mum liking the videos but uh there's still five people <laughs> um and yeah thanks again cash and awesome. speak again soon thank you very much for having me take care and all the best yeah you too